Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Today I'm here with Mia. Hi. <laughs> take two. <laughs> take we, two. This is take two. <laughs> this is take two because we were recording and then I ran out of storage on my Mac and then We I, weren't recording. <laughs> yeah, we weren't recording. That's that's a short story. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. This that was a good practice for us. It was yeah. a good practice <laughs> run. We we got half an hour deep. Yeah. That's all right. That's only like a little conversation yeah, for us. I know, yeah. exactly. We, we can talk for hours. Oh, yeah. Another five in us, I reckon. Exactly. Anyway, for those listening, who are you? Tell, I tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Mia. Do you want my full name? Yeah, go Do on. you want to pronounce my full name for the listeners? Mia Reba Ewan. Yes, he there did it right go. that time. The first time, Jaden did not know my full, how to say my name. I actually asked her... What? How to pronounce your last surname? Name. My surname. Yeah, it's not even that hard to pronounce. I, I thought it was Reba Ewan. Most so people say Reba Ewan. Yes, I'm Mia. Um, I am twenty-four. <laughs> you had to think about that. One. I do, um, no, I just didn't know if I should say it or not. Oh. Um, what else should I say? <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I, oh, sorry. I work at LD and I am studying my masters of primary teaching. But we're only two weeks deep. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks deep. How are you finding it so far? It's good. I love it. Yeah, that's yes. so good. You'd be such a good primary te- school oh, teacher. Oh, stop. Thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how did we meet? Um, We met when I was your swim teacher. Well, coach, because you were already good enough not to need a teacher anymore. Um, But, yeah, so I was Jaden's swim coach. But I first met it when you were, did we say 12 or 13? I think 13 because you said 30. you've been teaching for six years. Yeah, yeah. So six years ago. So, um, yeah, Jaden was a little 13-year-old um, and I knew of him, but I wasn't his coach for about two or three years, I don't think. And then I was. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we met. And then I employed him as a teacher. You, you did employ him? Yeah, I <laughs> Actually, I bullied him into becoming a teacher. I said, Jaden, you should be a swim teacher. She, she did. <laughs> I she, did. <laughs> she coerced me and she she was drowning me in the pool. I was not. <laughs> I'll lose my teaching license. <laughs> yeah, um, but now what are you doing? What's been happening recently? Um, so now I, yeah, I finished up with the swim school at the end of last year. Yeah, very um, sad. It was sad. Very sad time. Your girl cried a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Did you cry? I shed a tear. You cold-hearted bitch. <laughs> you should have bawled your eyes out. I bawled my eyes out. Uh, it was a very emotional time. Um, but, yeah, now I just work at LD. Actually, I got a promotion. I forgot to tell you about oh, that. Oh, congrats. Thank you. That's yes, so I'm going exciting. to be a manager at LD now. Um, and then, yeah, I just started my teaching degree and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I yeah. think um, for the listeners, um, Mia and I are making a big deal out of the swim school, but I think it's been a huge <laughs> part of our lives. So I just yeah. want to illustrate that and just make sure people are aware that, like, I've been at this swim school uh, and we won't name drop it until the coach, the head coach is on the, the podcast. Coach. Hopefully yes. one day he will oh, pop on. Oh, yes. That'll be, that'll be a, a very good episode, but... Um, Not as good as this one, but <laughs> yeah. almost as good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, I can come back for that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've been swimming since I've, uh, I was seven. I stopped because of COVID. So I've yeah. been swimming for two years, but recently came back and, and have been doing swim teaching. And Mia... Yeah, so I I started teaching there when I was 18. So it was six years. um, But, like, I was only working for the one swim school. And, yeah, it was just a really, really special place. um, Brought us together. It did. Yes. Um, But, yeah, no, it was just, like, a really special place. And I think – I mean, it's definitely shaped who I am today. I think it's probably shaped a lot of Jaden as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
how'd you get into it? I guess how'd you get into um, student teaching? I just needed a job when I started my undergrad degree, and I thought, oh, I could probably be a swim teacher. And then, yeah, it just became a lot more than a little job that I did to make a bit of money. It was just like, yeah, it was my whole life. So, yeah, I loved it. It was good. And it was your whole life. Do you want to, I guess, do a deep dive, no pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) into um, how committed you were? Did you plan that one? No, I actually didn't. He's got it written on his Google Doc. He's got it written on his Google Doc. I'm not. (laughs) Say to do a deep dive. (laughs) I'm with you. No, Lucky we're recording this for the second time because you didn't say that the first time. The jokes are getting better. Enough, Mia. Enough. Sorry. <laughs> um, you yes. were very committed at the start. Oh, yeah. I think I was committed till the end. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually, hope I yeah, was. True, yeah. true, true. Um, I mean, I guess when you know that you're leaving a job, like you become a little bit detached from it. Um, but like, yeah, from literally day one, I, um, yeah, I was really committed. I lived far away from it and I was catching public transport. So I was doing like, I think I said this before, like maybe four hours of teaching a week and I was traveling like two hours each way to get there um and I would do like a one hour coaching shift with Jaden um and I would literally have to travel two hours just to get to the one hour coaching shift so yeah it would be like a four hours on the train for a one hour shift which is obviously not necessarily attractive to most people but it was just so rewarding and like so I just wanted to be there all the time. So it was so worth it. It was not because of you, but anyway, (laughs) sorry to offend. (laughs) Do you, do you reflect back on it and, and, and do you regret anything? Um, uh, no, I don't regret anything about teaching. I was just gonna say, I should have got my license when I was younger because then I could have driven there. Um, no, I don't regret anything. No, I think, um, yeah, I think all the changes that came across, like, all came about for me were because of COVID, not because of anything else. So, yeah, no, I don't regret anything. It was the best six years of my life so far. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Um, I did ask what's been happening recently, and uh, I guess the last time we caught up, you <laughs> got your heart broken. I did have very, my heart broken. First upsetting. time ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all we all need to have it at least once, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, actually, before we get into that, this is very. Oh, uh, this this is, is very, he's uh, just teasing it out. No, yeah. I'm teasing it out. Yeah. You know, getting you hyped, so you're you're like, oh, bit of tea. Um, yeah, I you know what's coming quickly, later in part two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to quickly get into like what life skills and um those sorts of things, life lessons that you learnt while swim teaching. Oh yeah, like being a teacher. I mean, um, yeah, like I learnt what I value in other people, and I learnt what I wanted to or who I wanted to be, and what things I wanted to have. Um, I guess, within myself and the way I operate in life. Um, so, yeah, like I, yeah, learned that um, things that I really, really value in um, my life are, you know, having patience and empathy for other people. And I think, um, yeah, like we talked about having patience with kids and I never thought I was a very patient person. Like I used to help my little sister with her maths homework and my mum would say, like, you're such an impatient person, like never be a teacher um (laughs) not her fault because she's not wrong I was a little rat bag trying to help someone with their maths homework um probably doesn't help she was related to me but yeah being a being a patient person um has yeah I never thought I was patient until I became a swim teacher and then I realized that I was a very patient person I had loads and loads of it to um yeah to help kids learn how to swim yeah yeah. um I, I can definitely relate I think the first time I hopped in the pool I was like Oh God! Yeah, like, Mia, what have you yeah. got me into? Like, no, he did well. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and I think it's something that you learn subconsciously, and it yeah. definitely just carries on with you over time. The more and more you get in that pool, and you, yeah. you interact with the it's, kids, and it and wasn't something that I tried 
to have. Like yeah. it, it wasn't something that I consciously thought about all the time. Like I didn't get in the pool and go, now I have to be patient today. It was literally something that happens when you've got, you know, three kids in the pool and they all three swim at different levels and they're all in the same class and they all have a different attitude towards swimming or they might have had a bad day at school and they're really upset and they don't want to be at the pool or whatever and you just have to deal with it. And I think that the easiest way to deal with it and the thing that comes most naturally when you're kind of like faced with that is just to be patient because – yeah, like sometimes things take time. You can't expect things to happen overnight. But, yeah, being in the pool, you just have to be like, you know what, they're just not here today to swim and that's okay, but I'm not going to get grumpy or angry or frustrated. I mean, I definitely felt frustrated a lot of the time, but it was internal, like you don't display that. And what you do display so that they don't notice you're frustrated is patience. So, yeah. And I think that ties in really nicely with your empathy as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember having bad days as a kid and I think um, what most teachers probably don't, always kind of give them credit for is like some of these kids are like three or four or five like they're so young um and they come into an environment where it's really overwhelming like pools are noisy they're loud they're fun like you want to go and play and you don't want to really be in a swimming class um I'd rather pick up the toys off the bottom too you know but um yeah I think like having like a lot of empathy to deal with okay this kid comes in and they're not themselves they've had a bad day at school maybe like I don't know, sometimes they've hit their head and they're grumpy. I don't know what goes on. But, um, yeah, just like the first step to, I guess, teaching them most effectively is to be like, okay, well, if I was in their shoes, how would I feel? And, I mean, even as adults, we all have bad days um, and you just don't really want to do things sometimes, come home from work and you just want to sit on your ass. But, like, yeah, so I think um, having empathy and learning how much I valued that in other people and how much empathy I would like other people to treat me with, I was like, well, this is how I'm going to... I guess operate and that's that was almost always my first like point of call when I was teaching or when I was like training Jaden for example um <laughs> and he didn't do his training course correctly and he waited a whole year to get it <laughs> um you know you just have a bit of empathy like I remember I didn't want to do those stupid lesson plans either <laughs> yeah. to get my license um, <laughs> yeah and I was just yeah you just I don't know there's other ways of dealing with things that I think most of the time, our first reaction is not to be empathetic of the people around us, but it's, and it's a good to thing think to... about yourself. Oh, of absolutely! Course. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think especially in today's uh, generation or whatever yeah. you want to call it, yeah. it's always like me, me, me. What's happening to me? Yeah, and, and how does this make me feel? Yeah. And not oh, well, you know, this person might feel differently, or how does how does me thinking only about how my feelings affect their feelings? You know, like, exactly. Think, and yeah, and that comes up with everything. It's not just work, but yeah. Mm. yeah. And sometimes it's just. It's, it is hard to take a step back and, and reflect and put yourself in the other person's shoes and be like, yeah. well, how would they feel yeah. in that situation? And I think um, like like part of my job at the swim school was obviously training teachers and I got to um, train Jaden, which was not as hard as you might think. Um, <laughs> it was really good, yeah. <laughs> been there my um, whole life, but, mate. I know yeah, but I think because I'd been through the exact same process, you know, I had to do the same course to get my swim teaching licence and I had to do the same 40 hours of training before I got my own classes and I literally went through the exactly same process um, coming into training other people. I was like, well, I remember how overwhelming this was and how stressful and how I felt and I just wanted someone to check in with me, which I luckily did have. But, yeah, I was then that person for others and that's what I just went back to okay, well, I remember being in their shoes. It wasn't that long ago. And how do I help them get through it as well? So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah that's in the um, swim school environment. How has that mm. translated into, like, how you approach everyday and day-to-day activities? Um, I think just being really conscious of maybe – or trying to be. I'm definitely not doing it all the time because it's hard to. It's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess, like, trying to have the mindset of 
um, you know, does this person, how does this person feel today and what's going on in their life that might make them treat me differently and maybe that's why they're not being super nice to me or, you know, like when you have friends that kind of fall off the face of the earth, you're like, okay, well, obviously that might not be about me, that could be about them and something's going on for them or whatever and I think just having that awareness of like, the world doesn't revolve around me. Um, my world revolves around me, but the the rest of the world doesn't. Um, and just being conscious of that, like, like not taking things personally, and I guess yeah, just being aware of like other people have their have their own shit in their own lives too, and yeah, just trying to notice that, I guess, and have that as being the first thing you notice rather than oh, but they haven't spoken to me or yeah. Yeah, I love that, and um, it's super important that you do reach out sometimes and like oh, are yeah, empathetic absolutely. of those people. Yeah. But sometimes like just even being aware of their situation or just having yeah. the peace of mind that you can take that step back and, and assess and sort of be like, Oh, what might be wrong? And it doesn't hurt to reach out. Sometimes people no, no, shelter in and, and, yeah. and do um, encapsulate themselves and, and close themselves off to everyone. So, yeah. And I think like knowing that, okay, they're probably doing that for a reason. Um, what would that reason be? Like going, okay, well, if I was shutting myself off from everyone else, why would I be doing that? And then if you kind of trace yourself, what you, how your reactions would be, I mean, everyone reacts differently, but I think like if I was doing that, there'd be something really wrong and I would, would want someone to reach out to me and, you know, check in or whatever. Um, Cause I think when you start closing yourself off from the world around you, yeah, like you can't always then get back into it. You can't be the one reaching out. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I did introduce it before <laughs> the breakup, but the breakup, capital B. Mate, I, I, I don't know about these fortnightly episodes. I get a bit rusty. <laughs> podcasting. Um, do he you mind talking about it? Out. Of course. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, do you want to give context? Maybe we can um, name the person first. With a we, fake name. With a fake name. Fake name, boys and girls. Um, would you like to give them a fake name? Say uh, Robbie. Robbie, okay, yeah, <laughs> definitely not his name. Um, yeah, I mean, it was my first ever relationship. Um, so it was, yeah, I mean, like it wasn't a bad uh, relationship and it wasn't a bad breakup. It was just a not the right time, I mm. guess. Time, person, don't know. <laughs> um, Who knows? I was the one that got dumped. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm fine now. You're fine now. How are you... <laughs> Ah, uh, oh, I mean, um, yeah, I was just really, really sad. So I think, um, I don't know, like I hadn't really dated or I'd never been in love, never had a relationship. And I sort of felt like, um, I wasn't looking for one either. I was kind of like going into the phase of, oh, I'm about to go to uni. Um, I'm working 60 hours a week. I don't really have time for anyone, but I was like genuinely so, so happy with my life. Like I was really happy with who I was as a person and I felt happy within myself. And I guess when you do feel that way, that's when things come along. So yeah, that's kind of what happened. Like met Robbie. Um, that was the name we said, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Robbie. <laughs> um, yeah. Who's Robbie Jaden? Like, why did that I, name top pop to your I don't know. I don't know. Straight I away. No I don't anyway, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I met, I guess I met him when I was in a really, really good place. Um, and I had, I was really shocked by it. It happened really quickly. I was too. I was, <laughs> because I feel yeah. like you're such a, um, 
like you're so sh- sure of yourself and yes. you're very independent in that way and, and mature enough to like self-sustain. Yeah, oh yeah. Need... Like I loved being single. Yeah. Like I loved, and I still do love being single. And it's not single. even like a hot girl um, summer like, oh, no. attitude I to just, it. So that she's just like, I'm just busy. happy with my own company yeah. um, and I can fill my time really well. So um, in saying that, if there's any single boys listening to the podcast <laughs> that would like to hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave your Instagram in the yeah <laughs> in the show notes. You can DM me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, yeah, she's I not. Yeah. what? She's not. Oh, I thought you You're said not. she's hot. <laughs> I was like, that's really inappropriate. Um, do you tell all your guests that? No. <laughs> I'm making him nervous. Yeah. Um, no. Oh god. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> Or that I was like, yeah, that you were shocked by it. I was shocked by it too. Mm. Um, mostly because I'm super duper picky because I know exactly what I want. Um, and I'm just like, so I, and cause I'm, I guess cause I wasn't desperately wanting a relationship because I was happy on my own. I wasn't going to settle for anything and I wasn't just going to be like, oh, well, this guy's all right. And, um, I want a relationship. So I'll just, you know, be with him. Like I, I genuinely waited for the right person and he, he was the right person at the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, it came out of nowhere and it went out of nowhere too. <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. What was your re- initial reaction? I guess like obviously you were upset. Oh yeah. So, um, I mean, it kind of, um, happened like it was from start to finish, like not even three months long. Um, but I definitely fell in love with him pretty quickly. Um, and I'd never been in love before. Um, so yeah. And I mean, it was just one of those things where, um, his feelings changed. Um, and I just had to live with that because <laughs> it, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't feel like it had anything to do with me. And I kind of look back on it like he just wasn't ready or, um, uh, maybe not, not ready, but I just wasn't the right person for him. But it wasn't because I did anything wrong or cause we had a bad relationship. Like we had an amazing time together. Um, it was literally just that sometimes those things just don't work out. You know, your feelings can change for someone. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, when I, when it ended, I was like so devastated. Um, but I wasn't angry and I've never been angry since I, I guess like everyone talks about like the five stages of grief or whatever. Mm. Um, and I definitely was just like heartbroken, but that's all it was. Like I didn't really get angry or up or like, yeah, there was no like, ill feeling towards him um I got it like I think I've had feelings for people that have changed overnight like sometimes you just wake up one day and you're like I don't feel the same way as I did doesn't necessarily mean in a relationship just like even with friendships and stuff as well so um I got it and I think that's why it was easier for it to end because I understood totally where he was coming from and I could I guess again empathize with that um but yeah I was obviously heartbroken and really really sad does that Um, not scare you because I, I, uh, that terrifies me that yeah, like, one day someone's I don't just like, know. Hmm, I don't like you anymore. It does, but I'm also really conscious of like not letting it play on my mind too much purely for the fact that I don't want it to mess me up. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like I think like only because I was in it and I know how literally perfect it was. I mean, not everything, I know nothing is perfect, but it was perfect for me and it, it worked really, really well. And it was so easy from day one, like just straight away, like, there has never been anything easier in my life than falling in love with Robbie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, like, it definitely scares me that um, what can be so easy and seem so, so right can literally within seconds turn around and be wrong. Um, but, again, it's like I don't know I don't know if I'd be cautious of that in the future, but um, I don't know if I can let myself be cautious of that because you kind of guard 
your feelings and if you guard them too much then you might never have them again you know like I think um so yeah I'm definitely scared but I'm also going to try and not let it affect me yeah I love <laughs> uh, that too much yeah, yeah I love that I think it's yeah. really important that in relationships you let yourself be vulnerable mm, I, mm-hmm. I think if you like like you said just put up that guard too much it yeah. sort of just deters yeah. the other person I think and I think there's probably like a really special and fine balance of making sure that you are open to things um but not necessarily going in so open that you get hurt every single time like I think but I'm a very very cautious person um I think things through a lot so I think that um yeah like next time hopefully there is a next time um, (laughs) I would be yeah possibly a little bit more guarded but also I now know what it feels like to fall in love with someone and be in love with someone I know what it feels like to have your heart broken um so I guess I'll know for next time whereas this time I was literally going in dead cold I had no idea what it even felt like to have really strong feelings for a person that Mm. you're with so yeah um sorry if this is offensive but no (laughs) you are oh god this is so bad like you're 24 obviously (laughs) and like a lot of people would have had like a few like multiple relationships I know I have and (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) breakups happen um they're not inevitable but like of course things break down yeah I mean I never thought this was inevitable like I I genuinely believed um at the time that I was never ever gonna have my heart broken because I'd met the person I was gonna be with for the rest of my life um obviously I was very wrong but I think yeah like wait what was the question (laughs) sorry (laughs) there's no question oh about being 24 about being 24 yeah I was gonna say like Um, does does that does that affect you like are you like oh shit I'm 24 I should be dating someone at this point uh, because I know you and the head coach (laughs) were chatting about this and yeah and you did talk to me about it yeah like what are Um, your feelings I I mean I definitely had like I guess certain um maybe insecurities around not having dated anyone but they were more about like oh is the reason because no one's interested in me and as soon as I went actually no because people I guess have been interested in me in the past it's more about um what I want and am I interested in them and did I want to date and I think like when I yeah when I kind of made that distinction like of like is it their feelings towards me or my feelings towards other people that are stopping this from happening and I was like no it's me then that was okay because it's like yeah and I I mean I think I'm like I guess um everyone's different but most of my girlfriends who talk about dating and stuff like they just often they sound so insecure or they sound so like oh like they just get so stressed about it and I just never was um I guess concerned about it happening I genuinely believe one day I'm going to meet someone and that's going to be right so I guess it wasn't like a massive preoccupation in my mind like I had other things that I cared about and wanted to devote my time to Mm. um but yeah definitely being 24 like I guess before this relationship my biggest concern wasn't that I wasn't going to meet someone it was that I was just never like I didn't have the ability to fall in love um or I didn't have the ability to meet someone that I could fall in love with I just thought that like I'm I don't know like maybe my standards were too high or I yeah I just was too specific or I wanted something that didn't exist but yeah I was wrong like I did I was able to fall in love and everything I wanted that was exactly what he was but um I feel like when I'm saying this I sound like I'm still in love with him I'm not (laughs) just (laughs) to clarify yeah I yeah I'm not I'm just saying like it was a good like it was good and I I can I can look back on it and recognize that like 
yeah, I am able to fall in love and I did. Um, but yeah, like I think that was main, my main concern. It wasn't that like, oh, no one's ever going to like me. It was, am I ever going to like someone else? Yeah, I guess. Um, um, and that was a scary thought to have. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, within your friendship group, did you ever mm. get judged or felt that you were being judged? Um, for too, being single? For being single. Oh, Is sorry. Too, yeah. Too no. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, no, not judged. I think um, people always said the wrong things. Like I remember one of my friends saying like, oh, don't worry, it'll happen for you one day. And I turned around and said, why do you think I'm worried? Because I wasn't worried. I didn't care. I loved being single. People don't get that. I think it sounds like I'm lying. And I if you think I'm lying, that's okay. (laughs) I mean, I know you don't, but the listeners. Yeah, yeah, I think because, I mean, it's just a really unusual attitude to have, but like... I just, I just don't have time. Like, I just never had time. I never made time for it. Mm. Um, and it wasn't my preoccupation. But when I was 20 and all my close girlfriends were having their first serious relationships or their second serious relationships and I still hadn't even been on a single date, um, yeah, people definitely were like, aren't you – not aren't you worried. They just assumed I was worried. And I think that um, highlights yeah. their insecurity more than – Definitely had you. a lot more to do with them than yeah. me. But, yeah, it's like one of those things where um, I, don't, I don't feel judged – now Mm. um but yeah definitely the friendships that I had back then it was often the oh don't even worry about it it'll happen for you and I used to get really irritated by the assumption that I cared or that I was worried about not being in a relationship because yeah at the time I was like so are we still recording Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have PTSD from part one um yeah so but I mean one of the things I get like really irritated by is in adults like my parents friends or my my uncles or aunties or whoever not my uncles and aunties but like you know those sorts Mm. of people um sort of like have this assumption of I guess um oh you're not in a relationship and that reflects on you and I think like as in like oh you're undateable um which I don't think I am (laughs) I I think I heavily disagree with that yeah I, I think it's innate Yes, humans, people assume like, that yeah. you are constantly looking for a relationship well, or you constantly want to have another person. Yeah, I guess um, we're born to breed. Yeah, of, so course. of course. And I want that. Yeah, I want that one day. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I remember like we go on holidays to the same place every single year as a family and um, all the parents, all of my parents' friends at the holiday every single year we'd rock up in January and we'd be five minutes out the car and someone would turn around and say, Mia, have you got a boyfriend yet? Um and I never got that because I did not want a boyfriend yet. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like it's just one of those things that I guess like I always was also very strong on it shouldn't matter who I'm with. It should matter who I am as a person myself. And you should be asking me, you know, have you got a job yet? Or, <laughs> you know, what have you achieved as a person on your own? It's not about what have you achieved as a person with another person. It's about that too. But because I'm not with another person, I was always very defensive about not needing someone else and it should all be be about what I've achieved because, you know, I've worked hard or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just think constantly the conversation does get turned around to, um, you know, are you dating or have you got a boyfriend or are you looking to date? Do you want a boyfriend? And it's like, well, sometimes it's just like the whole world is not about that. There's other things as well. So, yeah, I think it's one of those really interesting conversations. I know we've had it before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that as well. Yeah. And, and you make a really good point about the, oh, have you got a boyfriend yet? Or like, oh, you have a girlfriend yet? Yeah. I know my family or like whenever we go to family gatherings and stuff, yeah. like sometimes that gets thrown around. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I guess like, like Asian heritage, like a lot of it is about academics and stuff. Yes. But I don't know yeah. um, in terms of like your culture or... I don't or, have a culture. You don't I'm have white. a culture. <laughs> Very white. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you're always someone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be respectable about it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, it does get centered a, a lot around academics and like what have you you achieved. done or like what yeah. have you achieved. So I've always had like the fear of oh like shit what uni course enough. am I gonna do yeah. like I, am I enough yeah. like am I doing enough whereas like your conversations or uh, even yeah. other people's conversations might be like oh are you dating are you talking yeah. to anyone and are you gonna get married yeah, are you gonna exactly. have babies like yeah yeah I think I think there's pressures in every sense like academic pressure from people around you of like having to prove that you've done something I definitely turned around it before I turned 24 I was like oh my gosh I've literally achieved nothing for turning 24 and then I was like actually no that's just like other people's expectations of what I would have achieved by the time I turned 24 maybe not my own and I think I like those sorts of conversations that we have when we see people that we haven't had for a long time it should be are you happy or you know do you like the person you are today not what have you achieved? What have you done? Who are you with? You know, like I think, um, yeah, too definitely too much pressure gets put on results of the, everything. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. love that so much, and I think, I think uh, we've been raised in a way where the check ins are. Also, oh, what have you achieved? Like, what yeah. have you what have you accomplished? Or like, are you seeing yeah. someone? But yeah. it's never like, are you like mentally at like. At, yeah. at peace with yourself yes. or are you yeah. happy with and yourself and are what, you proud you are? of what you've achieved not what have you achieved you know yeah, I think exactly. yeah and I think like one man's 10 million steps from where they started that's super duper amazing is like another person's oh I got up this morning and did this and it was super easy and I don't think anything of it but like that's not the same to someone else like I think yeah like you know you could get up in the morning and you go and lift 150 kilos or whatever is that how Just, much it is no, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking yeah and I like if I did that that would be like a bloody miracle and I've achieved something massive but that's something that you I guess get up and do every day and it's like to two different people they're massively different achievements and accomplishments and yeah you don't measure it on what someone else thinks you measure it on what you think so yeah and I think it uh, links really nicely back to like what you were talking about empathy yes and and just being able to ground yourself in what are your values what your values might be might not like coincide with another person's and it's not even your values like yeah it is your values but it's also like well what do you think is impressive someone else might not think it's impressive but don't tell them that you don't think it's impressive or whatever you know like you just think like oh well if they they're proud of themselves for doing that I'm going to be happy for them and proud of them too even though to me that's like are you joking yeah (laughs) yeah. no I I love that so much and um, I guess I want to go back to um, your career change from Zoom teaching because you did mention that you, you reflected and you're like oh shit what have I done yeah, yeah. Um, how was that epiphany for you, and and what so what were your, what was your thought process um, going through that? I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of like career for me, like I never ever knew what I wanted to do, and I I actually had to write like a um like an entrance thing to get into my master's degree, and the question was like, what kind of has shaped your t- decision to become a teacher? And it was that when I was a kid, people would say, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you want to do? What job do you want to have? And I could never, ever answer the question. I think when I was 10, I'd say I wanted to be an actress, which, no, thank you. Um, But it's like, what answer? Like, and kids, like kids have big goals and big dreams and they say things like, I want to go be an astronaut and nine times out of 10, they're not going to go be an astronaut. But I think like, I just could never answer that question. And like looking back on it, and one of the things I wrote in this entry essay thing was that, um, we shouldn't be asking kids what they want to do. We should be asking them who they want to be. And my answer to that then would have been very different to what it is now. But yeah, after being a swim teacher and I guess having that experience of 
being the person that passes on knowledge and helps them to understand things um, made me realize that the, th- the things I admire in other people and the things I-, I would like to have for myself, they were all things that are qualities that teachers display every single day, like patience and empathy and kindness. And um, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got to that point of like, well, it's not really about the job that I have because I could do anything I want. And I-, I genuinely believe that if I really, really wanted to do something, I could do it. Um, probably couldn't be an astronaut, but yeah, like I, I thought, okay, well, what do I, who do I want to be? And then, you know, you kind of go, okay, what makes me happy and what make, what am I passionate about? Um, and I was passionate about teaching swimming for a really long time. But then I guess in lockdowns when I couldn't teach swimming, I realised that I didn't miss teaching swimming, I just missed teaching. So, yeah, I kind of came to that realisation of it doesn't matter what I'm teaching, it matters that I'm teaching. Mm. Yeah. Was that really profound? That. <laughs> no, it wasn't profound. That's, that's oh, super. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. You're supposed to say yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm wow. just inspiring Jaden no, for his next are. degree to go be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've just started uni as well. And, yeah, and of like, course. I'm yeah. loving loving all the marketing management subjects that yes. I'm doing. Whereas, yeah. like, I guess if you listen to a few podcasts before, yeah, I was talking about like how much I didn't really know like where my why was and oh yeah and, yeah and it I love how you've taken this time yeah um to um really just find yourself and find what makes you tick and what what you find joy in and what you find like rewarding yeah um I I think yeah oh sorry to interrupt but like just because I've kind of been where you were like my undergrad was in business law and criminology so I did like the business degree and you have to do all the finance and accounting and it just wasn't me and the whole the whole degree wasn't me because I could either go work in a corporate setting or I could go work in a prison basically. Um, and it was like, I loved learning it and I, I have always loved learning and I will always love learning, but it wasn't something that I was going to walk away with and go, I'm now going to go get a job in this and it's going to make me happy and I'm going to make a difference. I never, ever thought that. And you kind of, I think knowing it that at the end of it, you're going to have a hex debt and a four-year degree or double degree and, yeah, be proud of an achievement but not walk away with anything other than that. Like it was very much I knew from pretty much my second year that I wasn't going to get a job in that area Um and you sort of go, oh, shit, what am I going to get a job in? Like, what am I going to do if this doesn't make me happy? How do I find what makes me happy without getting another hex debt mm. and wasting time, you know? like. Mm. And I think that was the, again, coming back to turning 24 and being like, oh, my God, I've achieved nothing. I mean, I hadn't. I'd achieved heaps. But it was very much like I still wasn't doing what I wanted to do or I still wasn't who I wanted to be. Um, mm. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry. You no, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> um, I think the oh, shit moment, yeah. like, really – um, reflects on like, and I know, and I know it's hard, and like I know ed- education it is extremely important. Yes. Um, from like ages like, when do we start school? Six. Yeah. Or even in kinder, like yeah, all the way it's up. It's always important. Yeah. All the way up to eighteen years old, and then that's where you that's where you're like pressured into like ATAR yes. and like yeah. choosing your like career yeah. pathway at eighteen years old. Well, you're just so young at eighteen. You're so like, young. How are you supposed to know at the age of eighteen when you've literally seen none of the world? All you've done is school. Yeah. Um, what you want to do for the rest of your life, and I think like that, yeah, that idea of like our generation is going to have five or six different careers resonates with me because it's so true like we are because we have the ability to chop and change and like follow what we love and what makes us happy and what makes me happy today might not make me happy in 20 years time and if that's the case well then I'll change my job or I'll change you know like you but that like 
pressure at being when I was 17 or 18 like go pick a uni course oh you don't know what you want to do pick business and arts because they're so general that you can then find your way by the end of it it's like I didn't find my way I just finished it and walked out with a piece of paper and lots and of money to repay a huge hex debt yeah. um yeah it's like it's yeah it's such so much pressure on such young people like 18 like I mean I'm only six years beyond that and I look back and I'm like I was such a baby like I was so young how was I supposed to know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and you're still and you still are like very young young yeah absolutely like don't take it don't take the fact that you're 24 (laughs) means that you're old oh no I mean I feel old standing next to you (laughs) (laughs) no but I think there's just so much like you said pressure on like young kids and and we're at school five days a week yeah like what are we learning? And how do you, I think also like you can enjoy subjects at school and enjoy certain things that you learn, and be interested in them. But how do you know if that's something that's going to make you happy when you do it nine to five, five days a week? Like literally you go into a job for 40 hours a week. You're like, would that actually make me happy? If you, you know, you can enjoy English class, but you don't want to do English for yeah, 40 exactly. hours a week. Like, yep. and so I think that's another thing like, yeah, you can have interests and passions and um, stuff like that but you're not going to know until you try it and that's something like there's so much pressure on and I certainly felt it like leaving school and going straight to uni whereas someone like me would have benefited from time rather than just rushing into something and doing it because I felt like I had to um, so yeah so again one of those things that I think it's such a like double-edged sword because I get I get the education aspect it's mm-hmm. like yeah we want to get mm-hmm. all our kids educated but it's like I don't know if it if it prolonged for more, I definitely wouldn't have enjoyed it. Like if you no. were still at school at like oh, twenty no. years old and, and no. or like beyond that as well, I don't think that's very productive. And it's yeah. just like like why are we doing this? Because by the end of year twelve, you're like, why are we doing this? Oh, literally, yeah. You start to question everything. Yeah, but then at the same time, <laughs> yeah, it's like point? Yeah. it's so important to like educate people at yes. a young age. But yeah. then it's like there's this grey area from eighteen to through to thirty years old. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. well, what do I do now? Like I'm supposed to decide what I want to do in this twelve year span oh, for the insane. rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. I think also like I I mean school's the way it is for a reason and the idea that you go to uni as soon as you finish school, it's like it's like that for a reason. Because if we don't keep having experiences um, of in of learning our brains stop literally will stop growing like that's how it works so I think like I totally get it um but I think there are other ways to learn like I learned so much being a swim teacher so so much I learned everything I felt like I learned so much about the world but also about myself and about other people and I think that um yeah like in that environment I just had so many opportunities to grow and I could have had those opportunities whether I finished high school or not whether I finished my uni degree or not like those things still would have happened and you, you don't need to go to uni to be a swim teacher you only need a two-day course, um, two day course and- if anyone wants a job let me know <laughs> <laughs> true. you can work with Jaden <laughs> um yeah so I think that's yeah the kind of thing like there are other ways of learning and growing and allowing yourself like allowing your brain to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be at school or uni. It's such an yeah. interesting discussion because it's like, I guess the conversation at school now is like, oh, we don't get taught life skills and like how, yeah. to, how to manage money and, and all that yeah. stuff. And it's like they try to teach it, but it's so like it's not it's, taught well at all. No, no. I mean, I wasn't taught it at all. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I think they yeah. introduced it for me in year 10 and it was yeah. called like, Oh, I forgot. Oh my god, I literally forgot what it's called. <laughs> but it was some sort yeah. of like life skills yes. class or something. Yeah. Pathways. That's Pathways. what it was called. Pathways. Yeah. 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 And they were like teaching you life skills, and everyone like 
takes the piss out of it because I think at, yeah. at that age you're like you're not ready for you're, it you're no. not ready for it and and you're it's also not relevant exactly like, I it's think, not relevant and I think the age of like say moving out of home for example it's getting later and later in life and like it's just not relevant unless it's in your immediate now and I think also being 18 or what are you when you're 10 16 like mm. you don't give a shit about money you're like mom and dad give me money to buy exactly. my lunch like and catch the bus money, and yeah. go to the cinemas money. like you don't have that I guess sense of responsibility over your own life and I think even at 18 19 and 20 I didn't really have that like I yeah I just I didn't have to think about those things um I was very lucky in that sense but like yeah it's something that I guess with time comes in but I think that there's no uh, discussion around like when or I guess uh, yeah when to start talking about that with kids or whatever yeah yeah and and it's like such a time stone Mm. 18 years old Mm. it's like this is your make and break. So yes, yeah, so break much year. happens when you turn eighteen, or yeah. so much happens in that year of finishing school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you have it's to sort of, choose yeah. what you want to do. You have to. You get your license. Yeah. You, you you can, can start, start drinking. drinking. Yeah, like yeah. all those sorts of things. You have all this freedom. Yeah. Um. But so again, like happens. you have all this freedom, but you might not necessarily already be an independent person, and yeah. that's a really hard, I guess, like place to be where you're like, oh, but like I still want my mum to make me dinner you know or like I yeah I think it's a you're still a kid you really are still a kid when you're 18 exactly but you have a huge amount of adult responsibilities and I wouldn't argue at all for changing that kind of age where you become an adult I think it's where it is and it's correct but it's like that understanding of like you're putting a lot of pressure on a pretty young person still to sort themselves out very very quickly when everything kind of happens at once yeah exactly like yeah. you have all this freedom and it's like unlimited potential but it's like yeah where's the direction yeah absolutely from there? yeah it's like high school ATAR done and it's so overwhelming as well and I think it's so easy to become lost in like yeah like I, I'm trying to think back like even kids who got really really high ATARs in my um, year level or friendship group or whatever and then did six weeks of a uni degree and dropped out and it's like why because they're not supported they have no direction no one's holding their hand through it no one's helping them they're literally on their own and someone who's so smart that they can get a 95 ATAR or whatever but literally can't make it through six weeks of a uni course and then there's the kids who really struggled through school but they go to uni and they thrive because they're doing what they want to do or they're you know, then they don't need the support, but they're really good at, you know, self-management or whatever. So it's really interesting, like, that um, kind of, yeah, contradiction, I guess, as well. Because mm. yeah. it's like they're trying to set us up, but then it, yeah, it like, but slips I think, on itself sometimes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, just, I guess, again, timing. Like, someone who's worked really, really hard and got a 95 ATAR might actually want a bit of a break. <laughs> like, going to uni straight away is probably not going to be the best thing for everyone. And, yeah, like, recognising that that's okay too and, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what were you like in high school? Me? <laughs> Wait, did we already talk about this? Did we? I feel like we didn't. Oh, in no, the, that, was on the, that was on the, one, the failed recording. Sorry, yeah, my exactly. bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to a really small high school. Um, I feel bad for you having to listen to this twice. Me? No, it's fine. <laughs> We're having the same. Oh, thank you. We're having the same conversation. Um, yeah, I went to a really small high school. Um, and I think I was like really lucky. I loved school. Like I really, really loved school. Um, year twelve was my favorite year, ironically. Um, and then after all of that, (laughs) yeah, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) No, like that's the thing. I mean, I think I can say all these things with hindsight and like looking at other people's lives around me and I guess my own life and stuff. But yeah, no, year twelve was my favorite year. I was no school captain. Um, (laughs) so I do still bow down to Jaden but yeah the power um, dynamic. yeah no, I don't know <laughs> yeah. it's shifting um yeah so I 
what was I saying? Yeah, small high school, there was like 20-something people who, yeah. I think it was 29 people who graduated in my year level. Um, so I was friends with everyone or you know everyone really, really well. Like it was the same kids from year 7 to year 12 in your year and like, you know, you have all the same teachers every year. Like it's all very much like you're part of a community um, and it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. High school was a good experience for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess – what were you like behavior wise? Like, were you the um, were you the shy kid? The party I wasn't shy. Yeah, yeah I definitely wasn't. <laughs> not far from. Um, I wasn't like the one that's like kind of in the corner and doesn't say anything. No, I wasn't a partier either. Um, yeah, I was like a really really good kid. I I worked hard. I found school easy. Like I was lucky. Um, I still worked hard, but yeah, it wasn't any. I was never challenged massively by it. Like I got decent grades and I didn't have to really struggle through anything there um but yeah in terms of like the group dynamic I was saying like I'm four foot eleven and a half I have to provide the context um and I think I was I think I was that height when I was in high school actually I don't think I've grown since then (laughs) um but yeah you like I guess being a bit small like smaller than everyone else and um I mean maybe when I was in year seven I was a bit like I had a bit of the personality of like being the little sister or yeah, being a bit like cutesy or whatever. And it, it stuck with me. Um, definitely, it, I didn't outgrow it in high school. Like, or not, not like me. Physically. I personally, I, I okay, come on. <laughs> um, I, I felt like I grew out of it, but yeah. no one else, I guess people's perception of me didn't change. So like, they mm. still saw me as that and treated me as like the little sister and everyone looked out for me and everyone protected me. And yeah, I was very much like, I guess I played into that a little bit because it worked for me at that time. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really who I was. By the time I finished school, I was very much like keen to kind of move on from that perception of me and kind of make my make myself be who I wanted to be, I guess. <laughs> so so yeah. do you feel like high school like molded you? A, oh, absolutely. Like, like yeah. your personality? I mean, oh, I don't know. I think like I... Yeah, I mean, definitely a bit. I think every experience we have kind of shapes who we are. This is true. But, um, yeah, I think, like, I don't know, I probably still have that a little bit in me where I'm, like, kind of play a bit, like, small and cute and play into it because, I don't know, <laughs> like, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> no, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, it definitely, I guess, like, you know, you go through your friendship changes and your your group dynamic changes and stuff and it's definitely like shaped who I am today um it kind of also made me aware of the community I'd like to have around me and you know the sort of um support systems I need to have in place to thrive as well because I had a very strong support system when I was in high school and I had a very close relationship with all my you know I guess mentors and teachers and everything and yeah like having that I guess that person um who you can kind of go to who's older and wiser, like our head coach. Um, <laughs> this is true. The boss man. The boss man. Um, yeah, is like something that I, I guess, constantly have have had in my life, mostly because of high school and the kind of teachers that I had around me who were in that position. And then when I left, I sort of went out into the world and kind of needed that close-knit support system as well. And that's what I got at the swim school and I was really lucky. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It definitely, like definitely contributed to who I am today and I would never discount that but I definitely think I'm also a very different person today than I was when I was you know 17 or whatever (laughs) yeah fair enough um do you do you look back with like any particular feelings Um, of your high school experience like I mean I've like I've been lucky I've kept my really close friends I still see them all the time um and like still really really close to them I think um 
I don't know. I think that, oh, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't have any negative feelings towards my high school. I think like, yeah, I just think I was lucky to walk away unscarred because I don't think most people do. (laughs) High school is a rough place for people. But yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, not really. I guess it was just, I'm very lucky I went to a really cool school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, So yeah, post high school, you felt that you could be more yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, not at the start of high school, like I don't really remember year seven, but definitely like whoever I was then kind of, it's hard to grow out of that person that everyone sees you as by the time you get to year 12 like it's six years like you're a very very different person I don't I didn't feel like I could grow out of it I felt like I was very much still that same person who I was when I started in other people's eyes but I didn't feel like that within myself I definitely felt ready to like I guess kind of you spread my wings (laughs) what a cliche um yeah so no I think that I was excited to leave and sort of be I guess more of a grown-up <laughs> yeah um did you know what that you were going to do all this swim teaching and and your mm. teaching degree in no. high school no it was totally unplanned <laughs> yeah. when I was in high school my dad's a hairdresser so I was like a salon assistant I washed people's hair um <laughs> and yeah I went into uni kind of being good at English and writing and I thought maybe I'd like to be an author I don't know why I thought I mean I still might write a book who knows but like you know um the, very much like kind of I guess unrealistic expectation of um, what I was walking into that, you know, I'd have time to figure it out once I started. And then I kind of blinked and I'd finished my degree and I hadn't figured it out. Um, but in the meantime, I needed a job and got one and it sort of became my whole life. So no, I didn't plan it. I didn't have any idea. I genuinely like, I used to kind of jokingly say teaching would be my last resort. Um, you know, if I can't get a job anywhere else, I'll go and do teaching. Cause, and I kind of, I guess, looked down, not looked down on it, but definitely didn't see it as an option of like, that would make me happy. Yeah, um, and it as, does. Yeah, yeah. As students, especially like we're grown, we grow oh, up yeah. having teachers in our lives and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we sort of get desensitized to the fact that they're still providing like all this information and knowledge yeah. to us, whether yeah. it be like actually like your intercommunication skills like talking to the teacher yes, or like yeah. your writing skills reading literacy yeah this, n- numeracy like yeah everything they're passing down gets desensitized because we're so young and we grow up with yeah. it and you also it's like your whole life revolves around going to school and it has to because that's the way it works but you just sort of become like I guess you're not you don't really appreciate it at the time because you're like well I'm you know seven I don't care (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah so and it's like unless you have like a really inspirational teacher or some really like like game-changing moment where you're like yeah I want to be a teacher yeah I think and I think that's and that's another thing like like you I sort of turned around at what 22 23 and went oh what do I admire in other people and what do they do with their lives and what values do I want to have and what do what do I admire in myself and what do I want to keep you know and yeah like drawing the line between that and teaching was kind of a no-brainer in the end but if you'd asked me when I was 18 like or if you told me when I was 18 that I was going to be a teacher I would have laughed in your face because I just never ever would have pictured it like I just could not have I think again like that's something I think like you know, pretty rare that you'd have someone who's 18 walk out of school, go straight into teaching and then become a teacher at 22. I don't think it happens very much. Like, it doesn't, yeah. It, yeah, you, you don't have many 22-year-old <laughs> teachers. And then if you do, they're pretty bloody close in age to the kids they're <laughs> teaching. Like, it's a bit weird. But, um, yeah, it's definitely not something that – I guess it's more like as you get older, you might be more 
attracted to the idea of it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because you did do a lot of growing within that six-year period, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. And you had that chance or opportunity to find who you were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think being a, like being a swim teacher kind of made me realise who I was and that I was good at things I didn't think I was good at and, you know, maybe um, – and that I could keep learning as well because I – I mean, I've always said, like, oh, I just love learning. I just love learning so much. But I didn't really like going to uni and that's, I guess, where you're supposed to be learning the most. But I found that I was going to uni and then I was getting on the train and going to teach swimming and I was learning more in two and a half hours in the pool than I was in bloody 10 hours a week at uni and – you know, staying up till midnight doing your assignments and stuff. Like I just found that like, oh, you can still learn. And I think I found like in the whole six years I was learning until the very last second. Like I, I had my last day and I was still learning on that last day. And you still, I think little, little people, little kids can teach you a lot and you can, you can teach them a lot as well, obviously, but they can teach you a lot as well. And I found like, I just loved that as well like it was just so yeah it was so fun <laughs> yeah it's quite re- rewarding I feel yeah. like I've learned a lot about myself as well and yeah and like grown up yeah. a lot because yeah. of also they're funny <laughs> they're very funny they're very funny yeah. <laughs> they do they do some very funny things yeah um talk to me about your uni experience um my first your uni first experience. uni experience um yeah it was I mean, I went to Monash. Monash sponsor me. Um, <laughs> Monash sponsor the podcast. Monash sponsor. No, we want Uni Melbourne. To sorry, Melbourne. Sorry, sorry, Melbourne sponsor the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was massive. Like I literally was in a year level with twenty nine people, and I went into foundations of economics or whatever it was called and there was 600 people enrolled in the class and I was like what the fuck (laughs) was it daunting Um, oh it was so intimidating like even the lecture theater was intimidating like 600 people is more people than went to my entire school from prep to year 12 like it was huge and I just I didn't mind being anonymous like I didn't mind that no one knew me and I didn't know anyone but I did mind that that was that I guess you just don't see the same face twice. Like I did an entire degree over four years, two degrees over four years, and I was never in the same subject with the same people more than once or twice. Like literally you just don't see the same faces. And I'm not the kind of person that wants to make a new friend every semester. (laughs) Like I'm like, I'll make one decent friend, which I did, um, and then I'm happy. But like you can't – I just hated walking into a class and not knowing anyone sitting in the class and having to do icebreakers in week one and Mm. meet all these new people. And to be honest, I knew I was never going to see them again. And I'm like, what's the point? Like what is the point of that? Um, especially when I was so, so close to my cohort when I was in school where like I knew everyone and they all knew me. So yeah, I didn't mind being anonymous at the uni, but I didn't really understand the point of it either. So Hmm. yeah, it was such a like strange dynamic to go from like such a tight knit circle to like just like knowing no one. Oh, literally. Yeah. And some people thrive off that, like, especially with like social media and like yeah. followers and, yeah. and and popularity like people love just like being yeah. like, oh i know you i know yeah. you oh hey how are you going like in the streets but you and d- stuff you don't always like i mean you know them but you don't know them know yeah, them and exactly. i think like um yeah it's something like they like these people will sit next to me in class for 12 weeks they don't know who i am as a person they know nothing about my life they don't know if i'm a decent human being or not and that's okay for me but i found it weird that i didn't know that about them you know like i didn't know if the person i was sitting next to was a good person or a bad person yeah. um so yeah i don't know it's just like a very weird dynamic to walk into when you haven't had it before it, yeah, yeah. That, that's such an in- interesting point because it's like i as I've grown older, I, I appreciate the small circles and, like, the, yeah, the more intimate connections that you have with people. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, uh, like 
clubbing and partying and 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 like going to uni in like lectures like now that it's available is it's just like it's a bit weird like i want to get to know a lot of mm, people and obviously mm. it's like i i run this podcast because i i know people have stories to tell yeah it's just like i, I don't know it, it's a weird I think, concept i think it's like you can have connections with people um, and you, but they might you, they might not be long lasting connections, or they might be fleeting, or they still they can still fill your cup up, like they can mm. still make you happy. And I think I've definitely found that, like, um, you know, working at LD, I see hundreds of different faces every single day, and I'm never going to know the people that I'm serving bloody bread to. But you can still have a meaningful or like fulfilling interaction with some random stranger. And I think, like, I look back at uni now and go, oh no, there were some funny times, like. You still have a laugh. You can still enjoy the time or whatever, but you don't know the person on a really deep level. And I think that, or the people, sorry, on a really deep level, like I think you can look at those interactions. They don't have to be negative and it doesn't have to be a bad thing that you don't know them that well. But it's definitely something that like, it's weird to kind of get your head around when up until that point, all of my interactions with people were meaningful and they were six year long friendships or acquaintances built on all this time together and seeing each other every single day and then you go to uni and you're never ever going to have that unless you're in a really specific course that no one else does except for maybe three people (laughs) and then you do have to do like see the same people every day so yeah yeah, it's just a different way I guess a different way of kind of looking at your interactions with other people and like there's nothing bad about it it's kind of fun you know but it's not meaningful in the same way I guess you have to wrap your head around that and in saying that it's like it's like a weird flip like you have this facade in high school where you're with these people and you have to put on this facade to to please the people around you but then in uni it's like you still have you have a different facade but it's like you you feel ingenuine because of it because you don't get to like because you're not making genuine connections with people yeah absolutely and like I think um yeah, I think I felt weird because I was like, I <laughs> I actually remember one day I used to go to like two different campuses for my course. So I like, and I didn't know anyone at Caulfield campus. And then I would go to the Clayton campus and like my best friends from high school also went there and we'd have lunch on a Thursday. And I started class at 8am on a Thursday in Caulfield. And then I got to Clayton at like 3pm for my last class. And I started speaking to my friend and he was like, oh, are you sick? Because my voice was super croaky. And I was like, no, I've just been in class at Caulfield all day and I don't know a single person there. I haven't spoken since like 7 a.m. this morning when I left home. And it was like I'd gone from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. without speaking a word because I literally knew no one at the uni and I didn't really feel the need to have a conversation with someone and I'd got to like the other campus and my best friend was there and I wanted to talk to him and it was like I couldn't even speak because I hadn't spoken all day (laughs) I thought it was funny but it's like when you think about that you're like that's kind of messed up (laughs) it is is kind of messed up personally I feel like I'm the type of person who'll like introduce myself oh absolutely yeah you are yeah and like say hi um yeah just because that's who I am and like I'm interested in uh, like other people like not in that way but like obviously well you're just like yeah and, of course and just curious yeah. in general I yeah think. um so yeah. I think oh I was just gonna say like now doing my master's like I'm very much more open to chatting to the people sitting next to me and getting to know them and stuff and it's like it's a very I have a very different attitude towards it than I did back then I was like well no one's talking to me so why would I talk to them you know yeah, like, exactly. I, I think that's <laughs> I just didn't a, care I yeah. was like whatever <laughs> it, it's such a counterproductive yeah. uh, mindset and ooh, it's, ooh. it's it's like kind of selfish in a way you're like mm. well if they're not going to talk to me I'm not going to mm. talk to them. and then it's just like this like negative yeah, magnet yeah. like effect I think yeah. with COVID um in my last year like first mm. year having to do everything online it was just like every interaction or like breakout room that I had mm every opportunity that I had to interact with someone, I would, like, just snatch yes. it up. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm 
not deprived of it, but it's like... Well, no, you were. Well, yeah, yeah we are deprived yeah. of the yeah. connections. And that's why, like, I have some of, like, the closest friends that I have now because I was able yeah. to just break that barrier and break that, like, yeah. stigma yeah. of, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to them if they're, they're not going to talk to me. It's like, yeah. sometimes you have to, like, take I initiative think, and break Yeah, and through. I think my attitude has definitely changed also because of COVID because you just go so long without human connection and then the connections that you do have change because of that and I think like that kind of ties into you know having friendships change massively because of not having the in-person connection and realizing that when it's not there there's really nothing there and it's like well what's the point and so my attitude towards I guess making connections with people even if they are fleeting is very much like we may as well just do it because you might have to stare at the same four walls for the next six months (laughs) exactly uh touch wood we don't go into another lockdown I mean we won't but Um, yeah (laughs) Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because Pfizer sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Pfizer sponsor us. Give me like 10 boosters, please. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I think COVID really um, just, it really accentuated, mm. I'll use that word, um, like the types of friendships that you have. I oh, think I, yeah. I saw so many of my friends and mm. like not to name or shame or mm. like anything, like that's just the type of people they are. But I'm the sort of person who will always reach out and yes. always check yeah, up on, yeah. on people. And just sometimes, I, I don't know whether it was because, like, the closeness mm. or, like, just, like, the type of people they were from high school and from uni. It's just, like, sometimes you just don't get that feedback or, yes. like, people yeah. reaching out to you. Have you had that similar experience? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I was just going to say... um in COVID, me and Jaden became good buddies because we're in each other's five kilometre radius. We did, yeah. we did. We, we had some really <laughs> good Jaden was my only five kilometre radius buddy, actually. Um, yeah, no, I think like reaching out to people, I sort of have the attitude of um, it's okay if they're not the kind of person that is going to constantly reach out, but they need to be doing it a bit because, um, yeah, like I've literally lost friendships because I realised that as soon as I stopped texting them every single day, they didn't text me for a month. And it's like, hang on a second, who's putting in all the work there? Mm. And it's like, that's not that's not right. Like, it's draining for me to be uh, the person that's constantly making the first contact or constantly reaching out to them. And then they talk about themselves and they don't ask me how I am or they don't ask me anything about my life. And it's like, what's the point of that? That's not friendship. That's them draining you and taking advantage of you being the kind of person that does reach out. But I think, like, if that's who you are as a person, that's great and I I guess that's kind of who I am as a person, but I think you also have to find that line of where you cross it for you of this isn't like beneficial to both of us anymore. I'm draining myself and my resources and energy and time to reach out to them and be kind to them and be friends with them and I'm not getting anything back from it. Um, And I think making that kind of distinction within friendships can be really, really hard, Um, but certainly something that I managed to do a lot in COVID actually (laughs) was realise like what that kind of where that line was for me of like I feel like I'm being taken advantage of here because I'm reaching out to them and asking them how they are and I listen you know yeah and it's Um, totally fine to feel that way oh yeah and I think uh the distinguishment between here is like friendships aren't meant to be transactional no absolutely not I think from what you're saying like you're not expecting things but it's like if you're going out of your way at least have the courtesy to like well, it's not even that. It's like bit. I'm going out of my way because I want to because they're yeah. my friend. But how does that interaction make me feel? Or mm. how do I come away from that interaction? Do I feel happier and full and, like, energetic? Or do I actually feel drained? And if you're feeling drained from those interactions, 
every single time you have them, then there's something wrong. It's like I can catch up with people who are like my bestest friends and I feel drained afterwards because maybe we've had a full-on conversation or there's a lot going on in our lives and we've just kind of vented or talked about it. But you can like you shouldn't be feeling like that every single time you see them you should have positive interactions with them as well and I think like I don't expect my friends to message me the same amount of times as I message them that's totally no exactly Um, but it's it's, yeah exactly but it's the like oh if I'm not making contact do they make contact with me if they don't and I make contact with them and I don't feel good about it then there's something wrong. Or if they do make contact with me, great. But how do I feel about that contact? Is it a positive or a negative experience? And it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be one time. Like I'm not going to write people off and cut them out yeah, of my life because like I have one going. bad interaction. <laughs> it's literally like consistently having bad experiences with the same person kind of makes you turn around and think like, oh, what am I actually getting out of this? And does this add value to my life? You know, like someone who can be your best friend when you're 20 is not necessarily going to be your best friend when you're 25 or 30, you know, like you grow and change as people and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a good thing. But do the friendships grow and change with you? I don't know, not always. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, recently I found like Snapchat to be one of the most draining and like pointless. I send you lots of Snapchats. I know, no, but like that's no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, because the implementation of um streaks. Oh yeah. Like and that number. Like, I lost people, all my streaks. Uh, yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why I bother at yeah. this point. I think yeah. I'm gonna like either delete it or just yeah. like just use it for the sake of using it. Yeah. I just find myself sending photos of my face to people, and it's just yeah. like, what am I getting out of yeah. this? Is it? Yeah. Is this like? A genuine interaction no, no because no, it's, it's just not. like we're just yeah. sending photos and that's, 15 hours apart yeah, that's the thing like with the streaks it's like why were they brought in what is the point would you be speaking to that person every single day if you didn't have a streak and you're not even speaking to them when you have a streak you're just sending them one picture exactly i remember i had a whole like streaks list mm. where you mm. put like an emoji or like mm. a, a hyphen mm-hmm. in front of people mm. and you send s all the way down and and then yeah I just look back on at that like point mm. in my life where mm. I still did it, and I was like, "What am I doing?" But uh, yeah, well, that's exactly it. It's like, what what is the point of doing that? If you're gonna have an interaction with someone, why not make it a meaningful one? You know, and even if it's as when I say meaningful, it can be that you send me a video of your dog because you know I'm gonna enjoy the video of your dog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you're gonna enjoy sending it. Like that's the thing. It's like it doesn't have to be like you know this whole emotional full-on conversation it can be something really mean jade and just touch yeah, under the table I think it's, I think it's <laughs> so romantic <laughs> i'm moving my feet Me um, too. <laughs> that was scary um <laughs> i can't even remember what i was saying sorry no, that was so I, distracting i hate feet <laughs> yeah and i think the like this is where like the business aspect of like snapchat comes in of yes. course snapchat wants people oh, to they be know using, what they're doing yeah, yeah. They, of course they want people yeah. to be using their app every single day that's why yes. they put streaks yeah. in there but the whole point of snapchat was to send cool videos that could just disappear like that absolutely yeah like whether it's like dick pics <laughs> i have to say that but <laughs> whether it's like yeah. for that sexting yes yes or um like cute videos of dogs or like yeah or yeah like Oh, I'm with friends or like, oh, this is yeah. the place that you need yeah. to meet at where you don't really want to see it in like your messages mm, box. Mm, it's like, that's yeah. what Snapchat's for. And that's like yeah. what it was built to to do with, yeah. amongst people. Yeah. Whereas now people are just using it as a form of communication. I don't value it as communication. No, it's, it's not. not communication no, it's communication at not. all. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, it is communication. Oh, Technically, yeah, it is communication. Does it add value to your life? If you don't think it does, then that's, you know, like, I mean, I, I have friends that I only talk to on Snapchat, mm. but they're not people I see all the time and they're not people that I feel very, like, deeply emotionally connected to. I think that the connection is very surface level when it's only over Snapchat, you know, like, mm. it's not the kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to meet up with them and we're going to talk about our lives and feel like we know each other really, really well. It's like, that's absolutely not what it is at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting kind of yeah thought process because i remember the hot days of caring about my streaks yeah, i think everyone does <laughs> yeah, and everyone yeah. listening would be like oh yeah fuck i remember doing streaks yeah it's just like, yeah you're just sucked into this like, it, it's void. kind of a, yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's, it's yeah uh, like something not, that you have to do every single day exactly it's like yeah. a waste of time you could definitely yeah. be doing more productive things you could be playing wordle you could be listening to Life with Lamb. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But yes. You could, you Which, could be. <laughs> full confession, I haven't done yet. <laughs> That's okay. I guess. <laughs> and I probably won't be starting with this episode. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Snapchat's just an interesting thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I find. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think there's easier ways to connect with people. And I certainly think that those ways are in person. But it, yeah. I guess, obviously, then when you go back to, well, we spent two years inside and we couldn't connect with other people in person. It's like, yeah, social media did play a massive part in making us feel like we could connect to other people, even if that is Zoom. Zoom is still a form of social media. But it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those. Um, yeah, one of those interesting things where it's like, what kind of connections do you value? Mm. Um, and everyone's going to be different. Again, someone might really value their Snapchat streaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're oh, probably 12. Uh, 300. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just find like, and this isn't like having a go at anyone. Like, I think it's just the, the fact that this app is existing like yeah. for this reason and yes. like there's streaks yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, Friendships become very surface level when absolutely. you only communicate yeah. via Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah, absolutely. I um, think so too. And like yeah. you're voiding yourself of. Well, you the don't have to ask people hard hitting questions if exactly. you're just sending them a stupid picture of your double chin. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't go, oh, so how's your mental health today when they've just sent you a picture of. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like it's like, it's just, yeah, it doesn't really promote good conversations that if someone needs a good conversation, you know, they're not going to get it from Snapchat. But it does other things and that's totally fine. I guess Snapchat won't sponsor the podcast. Yeah, sorry, Snapchat. That's all right. There's better things out there. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Sorry. No, like, not to slander Snapchat, I think it, it's very no. applicable to, like, social media and everything. Absolutely. And everyone's yeah. attention span is getting very, very small. Yeah, thank you, TikTok. Yeah. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> thank you, Reels. Yeah. So, of course, it's easy. You yeah. grab your phone, send a photo. Yeah. Like, why, yeah. why would I type it? Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Like, I do, I mean, I do resort to the, like, finish work need to have a rant film myself vlog yeah. style because it's like do I feel like texting out a 500 word story about a customer not really no, you no. know like those sorts of things but it's definitely not that's also like yeah it's not it's not promoting like a really deep meaningful conversation it's like me telling a funny story or me having a rant or whatever it's like yeah it's not it, I don't know it's not what it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nice tired man. we've done this twice yeah I know I know I'm kidding um yeah. what are we talking about uni Far I remember. Or <laughs> um, making connections with people. Yeah, yeah. So you hated you hated uni at the start, right? I didn't or hate it. I didn't love it. You it didn't was, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever hated anything. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it was like, I look back at, on it and I'm proud that I did it, and I'm proud that I have my degrees and my graduation pictures. I guess <laughs> I don't know, but I don't really know. I still kind of. My instant reaction to people saying, like, 
how was your undergrad was it was a waste of my time I don't think it was I think it was like a massive growing time for me like I learned a lot about myself but I know that I didn't learn a lot about myself because of uni I learned a lot about myself because of what I was doing while I was at uni so working for the swim school and stuff um but it's something that I'm proud of um and if I didn't go to uni I never would have seen the job advertised on the career gateway and I never would have got the job at the swim school and I think it's all very much like that I don't know like those sorts of things yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was talking yeah. to Chris in the previous episode, which yes. you have not listened to. Well, maybe I'll like... be going home to listen to it tonight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <Awesome>. Chris. <laughs> um, no, so we were chatting about, like, you shouldn't regret the things that you do no, um, no. leading up to, like, who you are today because yeah. they're the things that have made you who you are today. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, and that's the thing, like, I don't regret it. Yeah. I didn't – and I don't look back on it as a super negative view. I'm like – I think it wasn't the time for me to go to uni, but I did it anyway. I think that I, I'm i the kind of person that even though I was really smart at school and the expectation was that I was going to go to uni, I probably would have benefited from working full time for a couple of years and realising that actually I want to be a teacher because I genuinely believe I would have come to that realisation at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, I don't regret it. I think it's something that maybe more conversations should be had around the timing of it like you're just so young when you go to uni and it was it was a really overwhelming experience and incredibly stressful and I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well at something that I didn't know how to do like you don't know how to write an essay till you go to uni you know like a I mean obviously you write essays in school it's very like different academic yeah sorry essay an is academic extremely, essay is extremely <laughs> very different, different. Yeah. yeah and I think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with someone turning around and saying it's not the right time for me to go to uni or I don't want to go to uni it doesn't mean that they're not a clever person they're not going to get far in life and they're not going to be educated they're still educated and I think we can educate ourselves in other ways constantly like Mm. my dad finished school didn't finish school he was 15 when he left school and he did a hairdressing apprenticeship and he's the smartest person I know like he's so smart and he finds ways to make himself learn every single day and he finds opportunities for growth every single day and it's like he never went to uni he never even finished high school like but he's still a smart person he's still growing and learning and he still looks for those opportunities to learn so it's like you don't have to go to uni to do that yeah I think it's that yeah I think it's that stereotype where it's like oh if you go to uni like you become a lawyer Mm. doctor Mm. dentist uh, like I guess business is, like, coming into the scene now. Like, yeah. you're an accountant, mm. like, you're mm. working nine to five. It's safe. It's yes. secure. That's yeah. why people gravitate towards yes. it. And yeah. that's why there's that stereotype. But I think, in a way, you're more educated if you're like, mm. wait, this isn't for me. No. Let me just yeah. take a few steps back, take a few years to, like, find myself. Yeah. Then let's, like, have a look and explore and, options. And you're also, like, it's, like, how much can you learn from life experience and how much can you learn at uni? Like, I think that's the other thing. And it's like, it doesn't matter what to, to, so it's like seen as a good job or how much you get paid or, you know, it's like, does it make you happy? Are you learning? You know, like I think having life experiences can sometimes be way more beneficial. Than I, I think it trumps classroom. like education yeah, sometimes yeah. because it's like you need yeah. to have a high like and also, EQ and SQ, like yeah. emotional intelligence and, yeah. and and also social intelligence as yes. well to like yeah. get by like you can be the yeah. smartest person in the world but and be being an really asshole. dumb socially yeah absolutely but i think also like we're speaking from an incredibly privileged position this is of true. This being is true. allowed being able to access education mm-hmm. i'm very conscious of that but i think that like we're oh God, i'm cramping oh okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. We're good, we're he's going to touch good. feet with me again oh. uh- <laughs> it hurts okay no continue sorry sorry so sorry. those weight gains um 
yeah, like I think we, yeah, we're having a conversation from a position of huge privilege of we can access education and we're so, so lucky that we can. But because we live in that world, just because we can access it doesn't mean it's right for everyone. No. That, that's a yeah. huge point. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up as well. Because <laughs> I was thinking about those poor girls in Afghanistan that weren't allowed to go to school. You know, like you think exactly, about those things. Yeah. It's like I'm very conscious of my position of being able to have this conversation. I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing to be educated. I'm so grateful for my education and I'm glad I have it. But it's also like the timing of my education is kind of what I question. And yeah, I think that's that, an that, okay thing yeah, to do. That's yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah. I, I love that insight. And I think, yeah, even myself, that like, that was just like a whack yeah. in the head. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should be more grateful of my education. And I yeah, shouldn't be like, I don't think that it's that you're not grateful. I think it's like we can question yeah, that. Of and course. we should be questioning the world around us all the time. But it's like, yeah, I'm not questioning my like privilege of being educated I'm so so grateful for it but I am questioning okay the timing of it wasn't right for me can't go back and change that going to accept it but like it's it's okay for everyone to question the timing of it like I think it's incredibly stressful to maybe be 24 and not have a uni degree but all your friends do and you can be like shit does that make me a, a lesser person absolutely not no yeah I, I that's yeah, again another huge <laughs> point because yeah um I think yeah we're just born and bred do high school uh, mm. primary school high school uni yes that's yeah, it that's absolutely. what it's become now yeah. it's like you that's get our, your degree yeah, that's our life yeah 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 it's um yeah it's it's huge i don't know it's just like such a it's so normalized now yes and it's like yeah almost frowned upon when you don't go to uni or when you yeah, do but like why TAFE. because yeah. people have they're like and i think that's the thing it's like how much pressure are you putting on looking at people's educations as a means of valuing them as a person it's like some people have degrees and they're assholes and they yeah. don't do anything good with them and it's like you you want to be a good person you want to treat other people well and we should be looking to that rather than okay but like do they have a law degree <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. Uh, yeah it links back to your yeah. family conversations too yes like, the ones that yeah. we we're having um yeah <laughs> way back when oh my God. the start of the podcast before we started recording <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> when the recording didn't work yeah <laughs> and yeah i think it links back to this is like a really um good point to take away if you're still listening thank you very much um <laughs> they stopped after like de- minute two <laughs> yeah please don't <laughs> um you 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 should question things if they're making you not happy yes yeah not am i accomplishing it no for the yeah. sake of accomplishing yeah it. yeah I could have I think, worded that a lot better. But. <laughs> no, I feel like you did it well. Very <laughs> profound. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Put it in quotation marks, stick it on a magnet. Yeah, I think like, um, yeah, I think we should be questioning like the the norms that we're kind of like growing up in and learning in, but also like, but from a perspective of appreciating our position to be able to question it because I think like, yeah, absolutely there are people who don't get a choice in questioning the life they're living. They just have to live it. Mm. But it's like because we can – we should and we should try and make it better i guess for other people around us you know yeah. so yeah <laughs> you're hitting all the hitting all the good points I love i'll be that. back next week guys with more <laughs> yeah, yeah. with more insights <laughs> no that's awesome um with that we might just cut it there end on a high note <laughs> end on a high note no that's awesome yeah. <laughs> do you have any um parting words parting words no i do not i don't think don't no. I think this episode has been huge. I hope, yeah, I hope we get some sponsors out of it. <laughs> exactly. We've name dropped a few. We've name dropped a few. <laughs> Snapchat, we love you. <laughs> yeah, sna- sorry, Snapchat. <laughs> but maybe get rid of streaks. 
Yes, I, they should just get rid of it. I don't understand. Are you yeah. going to name the episode, what is the point of Snapchat streaks? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. Um, thank yeah, you, Mia. Th- thanks for having me. No, thank I you for hopping on. I feel privileged to be in your presence of your podcast room. <laughs> no, thank you very much for it's hopping in. Yeah, um, absolutely. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to it's the listeners, time. please follow at Life of Lamb Podcast. Yes, I follow it even though I don't listen to the podcast, but I will start. I'm committed. I'm starting from season four, apparently. That's thank when you. it gets good. Yes, yeah. I think you should start from season four. The if views you are not the views. The listens are going to go through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's free to follow. And if you can, please rate the show on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. Please give it a good review. You should give it five stars five after stars. listening to this episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, thank you so much again, Mia. Thank uh, you for having me. Hope to see you soon. Yes. Oh, my God. Why not? <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>